Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know what I'm calling it? Dan Quinn? Yeah. Dan Quinn Medicine Man. Oh. He fixed the defense the there. That's, that is a, uh, that's a reference that if we have any, you know, 50-year-old moms watching, yeah. they might get that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's our target audience. 50-year-old yeah. moms. That's it. That's what we're going for. I mean, we kind of set out to do this podcast. We were like, what's our mission statement? Yeah. 50-year-old moms. I right. would love that. <laughs> I would, too. If you're a 50 year old, cool. If you're a 50-year-old mom yeah. listening and right. an avid listener. I think we have a few. I, do I think, think we, we do, have, too. I think we have a few. We do. We, we got a few tweets on that. Um, I thought it was a great reference. I I, I, I still don't even know the reference. So Dr. Um, Quinn, medicine woman. Right. Yes. I, I don't know it. I need to look it up. I didn't look it up. But what's up, everybody? This is Chris Simpson Button presented by Under Armour. Oh, okay. Yes. I remember this a little bit. If yeah. you're watching on YouTube, you get to see the picture of there's Dr. Quinn. Right. There's Jane Seymour. Smart. Okay. Jane Seymour. More famous for what? I don't know, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. There were some... Call me kitty with cat. That, with you motorboat and son of a bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a little more buttoned up yeah, on Dr. Quinn up. Medicine yes. Woman. I have a little more, you think so? Um, uh, which I tried it, so I try, I tested it out here. Yeah. Right? It's a yeah. huge plan right. by me. Tested that you know, reference out here. Uh-huh. And then I guest hosted on Brother From Another. You're yeah. on that show. I saw you. You I saw, saw that? You. Yeah, okay. you did a great job. I mean, that was uh, last Wednesday, right? Yeah, was it Wednesday? Yeah, because yeah. I was on Thursday and you weren't there That's the day right. before. But yep. you look good, um, man. You did good. Thanks, Chris. So yeah. I tried it out. I tried it out on there. Right. And I think we have a clip of me and Michael Holly talking about Dan Quinn, Medicine Man. As Ashley mentions, now with that defense yeah. that's good for the first time in forever, Dan yeah. Quinn there. And both of, you can use, both of you can use this. You know, I think he's cured the defense. I call him Dan Quinn, Medicine Man. You know, it's a, it's a former <laughs> show. Uh, Dr. Right. Quinn, medicine. Well, that's All before right. Ashley's time, perhaps. You know but, uh, and and, and maybe mine, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. That was nice. They both gave the courtesy they laugh. They gave the courtesy really? laugh. <laughs> like, we don't get that. <laughs> that's funny. Do you think they actually got it, either one of them? Uh, I, Ashley, I'd, probably not. No. I, she seems young enough to where it's like that show is not right. on her radar. Right. right. Yes. Michael, maybe Michael got probably that. does it. He's he's pretty well schooled, well schooled in everything. But it's his show. He probably wanted to move on very quickly from that. He's like, this is does not. This fit is with not where show. I'm trying. This is not the vibe we're going here from brother <laughs> from another. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So last yeah. thing on this weird topic to yes. start off our uh, awesome football yes. Monday podcast. Do you even know the mo- like the movie I'm talking about? I don't Kitty know Cat? that. No, oh, okay. I don't know Good. that. Okay, good. I knew movie. you glossed over that. <laughs> I had to go back to that. I don't know it. So you've never seen Wedding Crashers? Oh no, I have seen that movie. You're Wait, what? so she's in she's Wedding the, Crashers? She's the 
okay for lack of MILF, right? The yes, last okay. the, the, right? Cougar, if Cougar, you will. sorry, sorry, that's yeah. more appropriate. Uh, of of you know the guy who's the congressman. They're standing, yes. you know, and she's yeah. So you remember that now? Right. No, I, I don't remember. You that. don't I'll remember her back. in that? Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot of pop culture in my brain, right? right. And even the ones that I've I've have short memory too. I've told you this before. Apparently, so the combination. <laughs> but there. you remembered Doctor Quinn, so <laughs> I don't know. All, All right, right, let's we, get we've to plowed it. Plowed as much ground on Boom. this as we can. I think. Uh, Here we go. Let's get to it. We got yeah. uh, our, our promise to you, the homies, is that we'll get through every game. We'll you talk about it. the key moments that happened in most of these games, uh, some of the storylines going forward. Uh, damn okays. We got that cornerbacks edition because some cornerbacks popped out there. We got the headlines. Give me the headlines where Pete will get in your ear and remind you of the headlines that we talked about before the show. So let's get right into it with a big game Sunday night. You were there for it. We had it on NBC. It was Josh Allen. It was Patrick Mahomes going head to head. I think we have the final numbers uh, from each of them. And it was the Josh Allen show. Yeah. Really. Three touchdowns, no interceptions to Patrick Mahomes, two touchdowns and two interceptions. And, Chris, I'll, let me start this way. Yeah. And this is what I like to say. I like to say the Bills outchiefed the Chiefs. <laughs> is that say. what you say? Yeah. That's Look what I you. like to say. You're funny. So you watched the Peacock <laughs> show last night, it, yeah. apparently. Yeah. I it's one of those things you. that you know me. I like to say that every time but or every now and then. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I kind of felt that way. Like, we were watching the Kansas City Chiefs of, come on, come in here. Hold on. We're going to okay. get into this. We got an extension uh, cord. I need um, yeah. low, pa- low power on my. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll get to see Craig. Uh, or is it Craig or no? No, nope, it's not Craig. It's oh, a guy cool. I don't know, but okay. he's going to help us. Okay. He will help us put it a, a cord into Chris's computer here. So here it's, it's, the, it's one of the many bonuses you get by watching on YouTube, although we do not want to leave our audio this customers. So I don't have to cut it close, and now we're good, and here we go. Okay. just throwing that in there for me, and we're all good. Thanks, dude. What's your name? Tristan. 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 Tristan? Thanks, all Tristan. right, Tristan, you the man. Appreciate that, dude. All right, so we'll get back to the game. Thanks, Tristan. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was watching, like, the Kansas City Chiefs of two years ago, basically. Like, it's just a team that's on a mission right now in Buffalo. Yeah. You know, they want to prove to everybody that they're the best team. We're here. We're for real. How dare you doubted our defense? How dare you doubted that Josh Allen wouldn't be awesome for the second year in a row? Oh, you don't think we'll run the ball a little bit better this year? I don't know. There's just an edge about them. And then, you know, I think to cap it off, Ahmed, is like what you saw last night. I mean, you know, we're used to seeing Mahomes doing what Josh Allen did. And that was, you know, no, that was the Josh Allen show last night. I mean, again, we've talked about how shitty Kansas City's defense is. It's really horrible. It's concerning, especially when it gets into, you know, the upper class of the NFL like this. They have no chance of stopping them. And he never really felt like that last night at any point. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I feel like a proud papa in a lot of ways just because, you know, I love Josh Allen. But I do love Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not going to say – I really think – I felt bad for him a little bit after last night's game. First off, I'm going to say it one more time. Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. There's nothing you could tell me through five games. He does not. He's not running around the same way. The numbers tell that. His off-the-balance magical throws are not happening nearly at the same rate as they were before. Uh, so they have issues all, all across the board. I'm not saying like I'm panicked about Kansas City, but the Bills clearly showed that uh, for me, they're the best team in the AFC, and I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. And I think we'll get into the Chiefs' defense yeah. a little bit more here, but this is from Derek Rudolph, who says, damn, okay to the Buffalo Bills' defense. Mm-hmm. Throwing a victory lap, too. The Bills' defense is real. Didn't blitz all night, and the front four Amazing. caused havoc yeah. in the pocket for Holmes, and Rosu, uh, Ro- Russo, Russo is yeah. a beast, he a says. Beast. A beast. I mean, first off, his... 
you know, he's he's like a, a, a huge – I mean, he's like a – he's just a freak of a man. You know, yeah. I called him a giant tree, I think, on Peacock last night just because, I mean, he's just so – such an imposing presence on the edge. And, you know, yeah, he collapses the pocket, but the interception at the end, you know, that's the other thing like Buffalo. They're just well taught in every area. Hey, this team runs RPOs. Get hands up. Don't let them do that. It's the only way we're going to be able to stop that type of stuff. They always do the little things the right way. But I think that's the thing, Ahmed, just to, to end that comment about Rousseau, is the thing that surprised me more than anything is your point right there. Again, it was too deep most of the night mm-hmm. on the, unless it was – a big fourth down play or a big third down play, their their changeup was, well, of those two safeties, one roll to the deep middle, one roll to the short middle, and look for crossers. That was really – it was a basic game plan. But I think what I'm amazed by more than anything and what I'm getting to is, you know, Kansas City has shown the ability to kind of move people off the line of scrimmage in every game. Now, whether they stayed patient with the run game or not, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But they've shown the ability to blow people off the ball and protect Mahomes, and that was not the case last night. And I think I was I was a little surprised by that. I didn't think the Bills would dominate Kansas City up front. You know, I'm not saying then and they borderline dominated them. I thought like at the very worst it'll be a stalemate and that'll lead to a closer game. Uh, but but all in all, the Bills are a really impressive all-around football team. Yeah, the Bills' defense did not blitz Patrick Mahomes once in this game. Not or, once, huh? Or in Week 6, 2020, no other team in the next-gen stats era. I love that era. No other team has in this era right. has played a game without blitzing once wow. since 2016. Wow, that's pretty amazing stats. So really is, is that something that they can just do and other teams will not be able to do because of the personnel, or is that something that... No, every I think it's. I know. I mean, I, every team is trying to do that to a degree. Yeah. I mean, you know that we're hearing this every week, right? This is this is Philadelphia. I bet you they only blitzed the Chiefs a few times, a handful of times last week as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, but but as long as you don't have to get desperate and you're going, wait, our front four is getting there. Wait. Our front four is stopping the run without a safety getting coming down in the box and compromising that side. Then, then you're really in a power position for them. And again, you know, it's just going to be Kansas City. Can they can they continue to be consistent? I do think. Again, you know, I I don't want to talk about Kansas City the whole time here, but I think like the other thing too is they got to find a way to du- make double calls or have a few plays that are specifically to screw over some of these umbrella coverages they're seeing. That's the number one thing that jumps out to me. Yeah, we want to run the ball, bring the defense up. Short passes and be consistent, that'll bring the defense up. But as you heard me say, I think last week a little bit, other teams are getting these defenses too, and they still find ways to throw the ball down the field. And I think that's what's a little concerning, along with Mahomes is not the magic man we've seen in the years past, Mm -hmm. and the defense is just absolutely atrocious. I mean, it's atrocious. They, they mess up everything. Run fits, coverages, you know, uh, their, their communication as the ball's being snapped. They're still talking to each other like they can't figure out what they're doing. And I think that's the thing that bothers me. So, yeah, like Kansas City, my concern level is, okay, uh, they're, they're no longer in the top team in the AFC conversation. Yeah. Right? That's gone. It's just about now, like, can you can print, continue to improve your team and you're going to get in there as a wild card team and let's see how dangerous or how much better you can get between now and then. At a certain point, you have to take away Spags's nickname of Spags. You can't have a nickname and have a defense that performs like that. You go back to Spagnolo. Well, I, yeah, I'm a little surprised. I mean, he's been so good for them the last few years. They've been very creative. They're usually physically sound when it comes to the run game for the most part. There's, there's two things that I think that I want to see change on that side of the ball. 
I don't know if they can get simpler. I don't know if they can do that because I don't know if they're talented enough to just play simple defense, right? People are going to mm-hmm. expose them. They still don't have enough big people or enough of a rotation on the defensive line. I do think when Chris Jones gets back, they need to put him at defensive tackle again. I said this a little last week, but you know, other than Aaron Donald, he's the best interior defensive lineman in football, and you moved him. And I was all for it, thinking like, hey, maybe it'll be the best way to get the best 11 guys on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And I know he didn't play last night, but I think it's something we gotta get, they got to start to think about a little bit because there's too many – he goes too many stretches of the game where you don't notice him anymore, where I would say when he's in the middle, you know, he's not on one side of the – line of scrimmage and they can run away from him or they can slide protection when he's in the middle he affects the game more and then after that there's just not a lot of high-end talented players on their defense right now honey badger i we know why they don't want to give him a new contract he's not the same guy honey badger has lost a step there's no other big time players on that defense so scheme issues new players not playing good super bowl hangover whatever you want to say, it's all come together for Kansas City on that side of the ball to be less than. Problems for Kansas City, but still super special for Buffalo to go in there, get a dominant victory. What's dominant? Allen was hooking up with Emmanuel Sanders. That seems to be a nice little combo. Knox found him, long touchdown. I mean, they were up early. You can talk about that that penalty on Josh Allen when he threw the interception. It was a bullshit penalty, that's right. Roughing the passer. Brought it back. Game That's would have right. been closer. Definitely. It's 31 20, right? Yeah. It's 31 20. Kansas City has all the momentum. Mm-hmm. You're going, damn, they got to go. Spags kind of changed up the game plan and finally, I think finally just said, hey, fuck it. We're going to just start bringing people and force the issue a little bit. Um, and that was their one chance maybe to get back in the game. And I think that, that you know, when that play happened and he threw the interception, there was like 12 minutes left in the game. Yeah. That extended the drive. And then they ended up scoring. You know, with five minutes left in the game, which ended it basically. That was that was night night. But you know, getting back to some of the what you talked about with Allen. I mean, first off, this the running right off the bat, the hurdling, the or the, just the start of the game. Oh, they, sure. they, you know, the start yeah. of the game, he rips off a forty yard run. They get down in the red zone. They go, hey, let's pull both linemen. You go behind them, and we'll just smash it in there for an eight yard run against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that just tells you how special the skill set is. But you brought up like some of the throws, like what? I mean, the Emmanuel Sanders touchdown throw, I I can't remember who the corner was on that play specifically right now off the top of my head, but he was about to undercut it, like thinking like there's no way he can throw it this hard, this far, and it'll stay nine feet off the ground the whole way there. Like he he was thinking at some point the ball's going to drop and I'm going to go get it. And he undercut it, and it just went – it was like, whoa, it, it's still going. Kept going. I mean, it was just – that's amazing. And then, of course, like, hey, the throw to Dawson Knox and some of the other ones he made, he's truly a special talent. I feel like last night finally is going to be end it. End it. Like, it's over. Everybody who was like – there was still some, like – Haters, doubters? Yeah, definitely. Some doubters on Josh Allen. I mean, there's definitely some of that still, yeah. you know, where it was like, oh, I don't know, last year might have been an aberration. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold yet, even though it was one of the greatest fucking years I've ever seen in my life out of yeah. anybody. Yeah. Last night, I think on that stage against Mahomes, you have to go, well, he's just as talented as Mahomes. Yeah. It might not look as cool and everything, but he's just as I talented. I think it does look pretty cool. It does look cool. I'm with you. You know, just Mahomes can throw like sidearm down by his knee yeah. sometimes, or you're like, that's unreal. But can he hurdle like Josh Allen did on that one play? So it, it, you're right. 
and you're going to be proven right with your love of Josh Allen. Unfortunately, what's going to happen? I love Mahomes too, though. What's so. going to happen though? What's going to happen yeah. with Josh Allen is that we're going to forget what we used to say about him, and we're going to assume that he was always thought of. Oh this no way. doubt, all That's those people are going to yes. be like, "Yeah, he's always been I always great. Knew that. I mean, he's always, he's always I mean, been. He always awesome. had the talent, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, just why, would, why would you ever doubt yeah, him? Right. Arm like that. But yeah, uh, the game that goes through them, and then it's you know Buffalo didn't even get to play the way they want to play last night to a degree, but they just keep tremendous pressure on you on both sides of the ball. They really, you know, for the most part, they attack on offense, as we know. And defensively, you know, even though they didn't blitz last night, most teams they play, they get at the line of scrimmage. You don't know who's blitzing, who's coming, who's dropping. Yeah. And they just never compromise themselves. They're, they're playing phenomenal football. Best team in the NFL for my money. So now Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, best team in the NFL. I was yeah. going to ask you about that. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is now lost for the first time to the Ravens, Chargers, Bills in the last four weeks. Do we have a meme, Kristen, for our YouTube audience? Is there a meme? Okay, so this is oh, 2020. It was <laughs> the Ninja funny. Turtles. And now they're oh, all grown like up. He was, so Mahomes was Splinter. He was Splinter. And now he's old Splinter. Now he's old Splinter. And old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are patting him on the back. And they're like, come on, old Splinter. We'll Sending help you out. Way. I like that. That NFL memes account, they're, they're Pretty very good. clever. Pretty very good. smart they are. people. They, they are. are. So well, well done. Uh, Buffalo Bills beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead 38 uh, to 20. Although, is it Arrowhead still? Do we still uh, no, call it's it G-E-H-A. Giha. Giha. Sorry. G-ha. At Arrowhead Stadium. Giha. At Arrowhead Stadium. Whatever. All right. So yeah. sorry about that. They don't sponsor us. Um, we only we only worry about Under Armour here. So I was going to through. <laughs> I was going to ask you the best team in the AFC. Is it the Bills or the Chargers? You already said that you think the Bills are the best team in the NFL. I, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills, of course, in the AFC. Okay. Yeah, the Chargers. Again, I, I love them. I mean, are we going to go to that game? You want to go there? That's where we're next? going. Right, that was a perfect there. transition. By All right, me. perfect. Chargers defeat amazing. the Browns, 47, uh, 42. Uh, what a great game back and forth not great if you're on the defensive side for probably either team but um there's a lot of good a lot of good from justin herbert a lot of good from cleveland too in the running game and able to rip off some big plays but uh, in the end it was a lot of fourth down conversions which it's i think is a, a, is a theme in the nfl right now but brandon Staley and the chargers are doing it more aggressively yeah. than basically any other team has yes. in nfl not even close history and it really and it helped them and it it came at a time their first one where Cleveland seemed to have all the momentum. They were up 27-13 early in the third quarter. Right. L.A. had the ball. Right. They had a, had a fourth, fourth and, and two se- or fourth three. and seven. That oh, they had. There might have been a fourth and two before I that. I think there was. I think there was a. Four, there was two fourth downs on that drive. On that drive, if I remember correctly. So the later one was the fourth and seven. They right. could have kicked a field goal at that point. You right. figure a lot of teams in the past would have done that. So like, all right, let's get. It's been a lot of Cleveland. Let's yeah. get some points on the board here. Yep. They went for it. They got it. The drive ended with a Herbert nine-yard touchdown run, and it was a two-point conversion after that, and it was twenty-seven twenty-one. Yeah. So, the most aggressive team when it comes to fourth down that I think we've ever seen in the NFL. It seems that way. I mean, I've never seen a team do it like this. You know, Brandon Staley, first off, I mean, he's a really smart guy. I know that just from people who know him. You know, he's his, yeah, he's in the numbers. Of course, I guess some of it's gut feel a little bit. And uh, the reason I won't, just to answer your question, won't say the Chargers the best team in the NFL yes. or AFC. It just, uh, of course, is the defense a little bit. Sure. You know, how can that not worry you a, bit, a little bit about what you saw yesterday? They have... And, and, you know, I've said this, I know, if you're listening to the podcast, they just don't have enough big people in the middle of their defense. You know, they got a lot of athletic defensive linemen, and it's great, but they don't have just, you know, pure run-stopping killers that way to where they can two-gap and really help and make a mosh pit in the middle of the, of the offensive line. So that's where it's concerning. I mean, Cleveland had, had its way running the ball all game long. But getting back to the fourth down thing in the Chargers, yeah. you know, 
Staley, uh, that, the guts, of course, he's thought it out, it sounds like, from any like broadcast you listen to because it's a topic of conversation. And then the other thing, too, is you know, you got a, you got a good offensive coordinator. You know, okay, fourth down, he's, it's going to cost something smart. It's not going to be like, oh, shit, coach, wait, yeah. you want to go for it? Let's go for this one. I'll, you know, there's, I think this is all part of the weekly game plan. He's probably yeah. always telling them, like, hey, I need you to have, like, eight or nine fourth down calls for me in this game, right, yeah. that you can go to in case it becomes that kind of football game. But then when you have a quarterback who just hits the bullseye every fucking right. throw, it's unbelievable. So that, of course, is going to give you confidence, too, because, I mean, I don't know. On any of these fourth downs, I don't know what their, their rate of success is right now. But I just never see him miss the target or or look at it and go, well, that was stupid or a bad play or a bad thought. So when you continue to do those things, it's going to give the head coach the confidence to keep doing it. Yeah, fourth and eight late in the game, seven minutes left, infield goal range, got it, ended with a touchdown, tie game 35-35. So I think you're right. It's like it's not just, oh, the numbers say this. I, was, I think it's the numbers say the this. If, give you. if you have a yeah. Justin Herbert and an offense that can that score like sense. that. And right. maybe if you have a defense that – gives up points at the rate they do too i mean uh, yeah. that's all part of the I calculation percent yeah he's he's doing it at times where he's going wait we're reeling on defense right now i can't i don't know i don't know if we're going to make the stop the next drive we're, we're not playing well so that seems to be when he does it it seemed to be the way he started off when i first noticed it against kansas city a few weeks ago it was kind of that like okay yep. man we're we've lost track of mahomes and company they're kind of moving the ball on us we need to force the issue Again, last week against the Raiders, right? It was the same thing, Ahmed. I, I think you watched the game where, you know, yeah, they were controlling. They lost control of the game. And now it was like, shit, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop the Raiders. So now's the time. It's, yep. let's, let's do it again. Uh, but between all the weapons they have at wide receiver, you know, their offensive line continues to get better. It protects well. And, you know, they, at receiver, they got a little of everything. I mean, they do. They got the route runners, the speed guys, the size guys. They got it all. Mike Williams is one of the best receivers in football, as, yes. as people can tell. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be a pain in the butt a little bit just because of that. Their offense, like a Kansas City or Buffalo, you just go, we're not going to be able to hold them down long. Yep. We're not going to be. They're, they're just the quarterback's too good, the system's good, and the players are too good, and that's what's impressive about the Chargers. 16 targets to Mike Williams, 8 catches, 165 yards, a couple touchdowns where he wasn't really covered, which may, does make it easier. Yeah, when you're sure. Not really but covered. that's, you know, it goes back to the good game planning again and why you trust yourself on third and fourth downs mm, as a coach because you, yep. you go, well, damn, this guy knows how to get people open. He understands how we're being attacked by the other defense right now. And, um, yeah, I think we can – you know, pump the brakes a little bit on Cleveland's defense, who kind of feasted on the poor the last few weeks, and they got a little dose of reality here once at, again. At Mehmet305 says, damn okay to Joe Lombardi and his play calling. First-year OC, very impressive, converting on seven uh, of eight fourth downs. I guess that's well, what their numbers is, are right eight. now. Yeah, right. Uh, Meerkat Manor says, damn okay, Chargers, just in general, for winning a game that they normally would have folded before. Yeah. They did not charger this game away. No. And Justin Herbert going for almost 400 yards, five total touchdowns. So what do you think, Justin Herbert, MVP, case yeah. growing? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I think we're being foolish if we don't put him in that conversation. You know, him, Josh Allen, of course. Um, who else are we missing? Kyler Murray, mm -hmm. Brady, Dak Prescott, right? Um, let me just see. You know, I mean, of course, Derrick Henry, I think, is probably still in the conversation right now. You got to give him his due respect. I mean, he's only just carrying the Titans offense. Don't worry, guys. I'll carry the ball 175 times a game. Just fucking keep giving to me. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you know, yeah, I think those are the ones that, that jump out to me, right? I don't think we missed anybody else there. You know, Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's just going to sure. be about some of these teams. Can they continue to stay consistent and, yeah. and keep it going in that direction? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a long season, right? Russell Wilson that last year at this time was, was kind of like the MVP the guy. MVP, right. And that, that fizzled as the year went on. Yep. Uh, the Browns are the first team since at least 1950. We just stopped going back. We're just like, we're not going to go back anymore. Since at least 1950 to lose a game when scoring 40 or more points and zero turnovers. Previously, teams were 432 and 0. 432 wins, no losses when you score over 40 and no turnovers. The Browns lost. And honestly, it's the opposite to what we were talking about with the fourth downs. Late in the game on a third and 10, they ran the ball. Now, you can make the argument the play, that, yeah, that Cleveland, yeah. oh, that's what they do best. Yeah, right. Um, but that, that was but a they got, call they got way moment. conservative at the end. Yeah. You know, they tried, and, and that was not the game plan for the Chargers. It paid off for them. They win. They're good. The Bills are good. Neither of them, though, yeah. are undefeated. No. And that still remains the Arizona Cardinals, defeating the 49ers. Hard-fought game, not the way that they normally win, 17-10. to 10. Kyler Murray slowed down a little bit, ended up making some big plays to DeAndre Hopkins at the end, which I think is what good teams do. Yeah. Right? Good right. teams have multiple paths to victory. And I, I guess I'll just ask you, is, is Arizona the best team in the NFC? Well, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to give them that title, I guess, for Over right Tampa? now. No, you're right. I'm taking Tampa. <laughs> I'm taking Tampa. You gave it, and you immediately yeah, took it back. I, because I wasn't thinking clearly. That's why you're Pete, here. How long was that? They had the title for maybe half a yeah, second. No, I think – and yeah. I'm, yep. Like right now, with Tampa being a little beat up on defense, I mean, yeah, it would make me think. But I still think in like a one game scenario, and both teams are healthy, I'm I'm going to go with Tampa. Okay. I'm still not sure I would go if Arizona had to play the Rams again. I'm not sure I would take them yeah. there. So I, it's, I it's it. close. I still, again, I don't want to disrespect what the Cardinals are doing. It is really special and awesome. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's just, of course, I think Tampa's pretty damn special, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Um, but, man, I mean, just another way to win a football game, I think, is what is impressive to me yesterday. You know, again, yeah, a little bit of a defensive struggle. It wasn't going to be all about the offense and the weapons. Mm -hmm. It's why I thought, you know, really San Francisco would upset them. I, I thought their defensive scheme could take away some of what Arizona did. Now and I it did. It did, 100%. Now, I picked that game thinking that, we were probably going to see still Jimmy Garoppolo. I really did. Mm -hmm. I, I, I did not think it would be Trey Lance. When we kind of got the reports that, like, hey, he still has a chance to play and he's going to try to practice on Friday, and they were saying that Wednesday, I was kind of like, well, he'll play then. You didn't um, just call Kyle and be like, hey, I have to make a pick on, no, TV, on TV. Those days are done. This is embarrassing those if days I are don't done. know. I, haven't okay. talked to, I don't talk to Kyle much during the year, so I, don't, I, I have no idea or no inside info either way. Um, but, you know, 49ers certainly had opportunities to win this game, go up ahead, yep. put this, cut the Cardinals in some tough positions. A lot of holding penalties for San Francisco when penalties, they were driving. Not being able to convert fourth downs, right? That, what that were they, one, one, one for, for five? five? Right, yeah. that's what I, I thought so. So, I mean, yeah, they had plenty of opportunities to extend drive, kind of control the game, field position, and couldn't quite get it done. And, of course, the biggest moment being that fourth and one on the goal line where, you know, Isaiah Simmons just made an unbelievable play, stopping Trey Lance like two inches before he scored. That was crazy. Uh, that, was, that was crazy. And he, get, he hurt himself in the in the act did but he hurt himself I think he hurt his shoulder he was out for a little bit but he came back in uh, but again it just shows you you know there's a toughness and a belief in Arizona I think that's the first thing I look at and you know with the fact that 
hey, I think like you saw a little like ma- maturity from Kyler Murray yesterday, and like okay, the game's not great. I'm gonna be patient. Their offense is struggling too. We'll yeah. just hang in there, and then I'll 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 make a play, or you know we'll make a play at some point here. They're not just gonna hold us back forever, and that's what we kind of saw. And uh, I think that's the encouraging thing now that you know like oh wait, the Cardinals don't have to be in like a 35-30 shootout to win a game. They can win an ugly football game and, and still do do it that way. We were just talking about MVP, and points bet does have the odds for MVP right now. Allen and Tom Brady are the favorites, the co-favorites at plus 500 right now. Kyler and Herbert right behind at plus 650. Um, a, a couple of rookies in this game. I think Arizona's Rondale Moore showed some really oh, good sick. pop out he's there. Sick, right? Great run after the catch yep. um, on that first TD. Also made an insane catch on the sideline, keeping both feet in. Oh, like that a was maybe grab. the catch of the day, right? So he was really good. Really good. They play him a tailback, like a little bit, like at times, like uh, the 49ers do with Debo Samuel. I was just going to say the same thing because yeah. Debo's touchdown was like it looked like Rondell Moore's yeah, touchdown right. earlier the in the game. Thing. Get the guy the ball in space, you know, let him make some moves and, and go that way. But yeah, I mean, he is. Uh, they don't lack playmakers, and on a day like again where Chase Edmonds was less than a hundred percent. You know, that's that's what's special about their football team. Oh, okay, well, we'll find other ways to, you know, make plays and make it happen. Um, but, yeah, impressive win. Impressive, impressive win against a team that's, you know, known for its physicality in the 49ers and, of course, had their backs against the wall and was in a tough, tough position starting a rookie quarterback for the first time ever who, you know, did some good things. You know, we certainly saw some flashes, and you go, wow, the guy's got talent. But it's still back to the same conversation, I think, with Trey Lance that you and I have had before. It's just... You know, it's not refined, and you just can't trust where the ball's going to go all the time yet as far as decision or the throw. It's a little iffy at this point. Okay, all right. So a a lot of comments and a lot of tweets about Trey Lance to you. 49ers fans saying, I know I'm biased, but it seemed like Trey Lance made a lot of big-time throws into tight windows and generally had better control of the football than last week. Uh, Do you agree? And Burn Unit says, damn, okay, Trey Lance had rookie moments but should take over for Jimmy! Exclamation point. So a lot of people want this to be you know, the next step in the evolution for Trey Lance. Did you see that on the field? I, I, I do think it was the right right direction. I do think he lost control of the ball less, especially than, as compared to last week. Yeah, that first, in, interception, first interception was, was, was what we've seen. Is what we've seen. Overthrown. Ball and, going high, yeah. right, because of that really long, crazy motion he has. That's what he's going to have to continue to work on. Um, I understand everybody wanting Trey Lance. I, I get excited, too. You go, well, look at some of the things Shanahan does with him. That's great, you know, but – uh, I need to watch the film of that. I need to watch it a little bit, see if there was plays or completions that were left on the field. I, I don't expect it to be perfect, but I think, again, it's just going to go back to, you know, can Trey Lance maximize what they are as an offense right now? And that, that'll that be the big question. You know, yeah, ultimately, does he have more potential than Jimmy Garoppolo and everything like that? Of course he does. Yes, we know. But – but right now, does he give a team that is really good and I think views itself as a Super Bowl-ish type of football team, does he maximize what they are right now? And I'm not sure about that. So, yeah. again, that's where I would tell everybody, check in you know, on the Wednesday podcast, and I'll give you some hmm. more honest assessments about how he played and what it looked like and whether or not I think they should go forward with him and, and make him the guy. Which is not to get back into the weeds of the whole talk that we had during the draft process, but, I mean, that was one of the appeals of Mac Jones in this offense, you know, and I think we've seen it with the Patriots is that he would hit the ground running. Like, would he be as good as Trey Lance in year two and year three? Who knows, no, right? Yeah, we just don't, don't, know. don't know. It's more right. of an unknown with, right. with Trey Lance. But he'd but be would, better right now. Would he be better right now for this 49ers offense? 
Probably. Probably, yeah. I mean, probably. He just, you know, is a little more schooled, and of course he's just going to be able to play in the pocket and make those throws. Um, but that, that's just not the reality we're in right now. It's not. And Shanahan, or, ever, or never will be. No, or never will be. And Shanahan, you know, Shanahan, I think, did a good job overall. I really do. Now, again, you know, the other thing you got to remember, too, 16 carries, 89 yards. I mean, he, he took some hits yesterday. Like, yes. they can't. You can't play that style of football all year long. He'll never make it through the year. There's no way. Even as gifted and as muscled up and the athlete he is, which I respect, yeah, he took way too many big hits, lowered his shoulder yesterday. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you know, the 49ers, it's just something missing about the team right now. They just can't quite make that play like we saw two years ago to get a team in a bad spot and really get momentum on their side and, and now let the defense just unleash and play fast. You know, the defense is awesome. We know that. You know, like we've talked about, they're not creating as many turnovers. And the offense, is, offense just about in every game, goes through like stale, you know, stale points where you just go, okay, I mean, it's three series in a row. We haven't really done anything. Yeah. We haven't moved anything. And, uh, yeah, there's just something off there a little bit. Last thing on them, do you think yeah. Kyle's going to start feeling heat from fans? If this year goes south? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that's going to, I think, you know, lead to that conversation, of course, is the quarterback thing, that, which yeah. I think you're alluding to. The, the fact that they've traded up, traded so many picks to get it. And there are so many 49er fans that really want that to work out. They want they it to, want work, it to out. work out. They think he's the guy. Right. So if it doesn't work out or he doesn't look good, who Kyle's going to get blamed. Who do we blame? Yeah, yep. Kyle gets blamed. And then I think the other thing that's going to hurt them is like, I don't think there's anybody in football who doesn't look at the 49ers and go, that's a Super Bowl roster. Yeah. So for them to be two and three right now is like, I think if you talk to a lot of coaches around football, they'd go like, how are the 49ers two and three? How is yeah. that team two and three? And that's where, you know, you can get the pressure mounted on you a little bit if you're a head coach. Which is why I think all of the people inside that building were so desperate to figure out a way to upgrade at quarterback because I think everyone agrees, right? It's a Super Bowl roster. Yeah. Do we have the Super Bowl quarterback? Right. If he goes down again, right. what do we do? Right. Um, and we're seeing some of that play out early, early on this season. Yeah. Uh, more rookies out there popping on Sunday, and that is where we will start our victory lap. Whoa! Victory! Victory is yours. And we start with the player who actually did not get the victory. <laughs> it's actually a, a, a Bengals, Bengals wide receiver. Jamar Chase in what a, a great game. There what? were a few really good games. This Psycho, one was one of them. Game. It was insane. Five missed field goals in the final 212 <laughs> of regulation in overtime for two three and one teams. It was Packers beating the Bengals 25-22 in overtime. But we do want to. Give love to Jamar Chase. Ten targets, six catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. He was your number one wide receiver, and we have seen that play out here early on in this season. Like, uh, he's, he's, he's DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers, except he just has a little bit more speed and explosiveness to him. Hmm. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, hands down, one of the most explosive receivers in football already, as were you, you starting see. To, were you starting to be worried in the preseason? Well, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, to a degree. I mean, yeah. I think I told everybody at that time, like, come on, it's just preseason. He didn't play football last yeah. year. Receiver is one of those positions where your whole life they just go, go run this route, and you'll get open. 
Yeah. And that's it. And now he's wait, wait, uh, I have to run this route. Wait, Joe Burrow checked to this play. Okay, wait, I have this route. Oh, wait, I have to run this route a specific way. I mean, my whole life they just told me to get open and I did it. So there's a little bit more of a learning curve than people want to give receiver or give credit to at the receiver position. But, you know, as you see, once again, he is the big play man for their football team. You know, I wish they would push the ball down the field a little bit more as an offense altogether. But good for Jamar Chase. I mean, he's a superstar, as we're seeing. It's unfolding right in our eyes. And he's got a special connection with Joe Burrow. He really does. And, you know, it was awesome. But it was the second best connection on the field that day. Yep. Andre Brown Jr. says, hey, guys, hate the pod. All right, thank you. Thank you for keeping that going. Uh, Chris, you ding Devontae Adams hard in the NFC Championship for not being more impactful and getting open. Uh, But Hopkins and Diggs have had really lackluster starts. Is a 200-yard game for Adams not enough to put him up with those guys? He goes, and just kidding, I do actually love the pot. <laughs> so he, wa- he wants you to give more love to Devontae Adams, who continues to be yeah. the target. Yeah. I mean, he basically no, it's accounted for half of the total yards for the Packers in this game, 11 catches for 206 yards, and teams cannot stop it. No. Oh, I, that's the first thing I want to question is, like, what are teams doing for the most part? Yeah. You know, well, why, you know who they're going to in any big moment. But yet teams continue to treat them like, you know, this is where I, I fall into this trap a little bit. You know, I, I, I think a lot of teams look at it and go, wait, we got guys that can cover him. He's not going to just fly by us. He's not that guy that's explosive that mm-hmm. way. But, of course, he's explosive enough. He's an incredible route runner. He has incredible hands. He catches the ball in traffic. He's a gamer that way. And then he's a gamer in the fact of the way they use him, and they just always find – okay, we ran this route, now we're going to fake him with this route and run this route. And, okay, we ran the slant and hit him with that, now it's going to be the slant and go. And that's where him and Rodgers are just indefensible that way. So the thing I love about it is they make you, they, they don't let you off the hook with him. They go, okay, if you're going to keep giving it to us, we're not, we don't care. Right. We don't have an ego. We'll continue to go to the well here. Right. Like, you're, you're going to just keep, you know, keep letting him go one-on-one. Just amazing how many ways they find ways to get him the ball. And I will say, yeah, maybe I do need to respect him a little bit more as the pure athletic specimen um, uh, as compared to maybe some of the other receivers. I'm, I'm not opposed to, to doing that. Either way, he's awesome, and he is, of course, like him and Rodgers. Everything about that offense goes through them. And Green Bay, like, I'm sorry I'm talking so long. They just, you know, not that they always play great and it's just wow and it's unbelievable. Well, look at them go up and down the field, but they don't mess the game up. That's mm-hmm. the one thing. They're going to make you win the game. They're really not going to make mistakes. They execute for the most part on both sides of the ball. And I think that's what's impressive with them. And then Rodgers always knows the right time to go, okay, now I need to live on the edge a little bit and make a play here and there. And that's why they're, they're you know in the conversation for one of the best teams in the NFL. And it wasn't – it was for the most part – Adams and Rodgers, but there was a crucial third and 16 conversion Holy shit. that led to the eventual game-winning field goal right. from Rodgers to Randall Cobb, set up the 49-yard field goal for the win for Mason Crosby after he had missed three in a row, after he had made his 27th in a row, dating back to whatever, the last time he missed one coming into the game. Uh, what a weird finish. We'd never seen anything like that never. before. Uh, McPherson, the kicker for Cincinnati, thought he had won the game too. I, I mean, mean, that was, was, that was sad. It. it was kind of sad. It, it was, was like, like oh, no. he was like, That's and a... he was celebrating with the team, and he was like, 
He like pointed yeah. at the refs, like, "Look, he's saying it's no good. He's crazy." <laughs> yeah, we all and saw like, it go in, like, right? No, it was never in. What it, are you? You're I crazy. <laughs> he, I wonder if he thought if it hit the flag, like that counted, like that's close enough. I don't know what he thought. I really don't. It was really odd. Uh, uh, I know and to see the smiles on his teammates' faces I guess when they were hoisting him up. In and went like around after. Maybe. I don't know what he thought there. But so strange for Mason Crosby, who seems like a super great guy. Yeah. Um, and we, we heard him talk after he made the game-winning field goal against the 49ers right. that Sunday night, and he, he was awesome. Um, and he just was, like, scratching his head. He's like, I don't know how this is happening. I don't know if it was windy or what, but he eventually got the one that It can that be a windy stadium. I've it been there a few like times. It. it is. There's a wind. Yeah, but he, he's oh. still clutch. They're not going to lose any faith in him. So Cincinnati could have won. They could have been 4-1, and one. and I honestly, I think that the, they are a good team. They right? are. Hey, everybody, I, I, well, I, I, I don't know. Pete will tell you, I thought this would be – I said Green Bay would win by three points, I believe, on our Thursday Pick Podcast. I thought this would be one of the upsets of the week. Yeah, we all got to stop sleeping on the Cincinnati Bengals a little bit. First off, we got the weapons we've talked about on offense, you know, they protect and run the ball a little bit better than they used to. Uh, I wish they, like you've heard me say, throw the ball down the field that way. But yeah. their offense has answers and talent. That's going to give them a fighting chance. And their defense is talented, and it's pretty well coached. And I think that's where they're, they're here to stay, everybody. That's, they're not going to fall off the earth, and we're going to look up in six weeks and be like, well, damn, they've lost seven in a row, and they're three and eight now. No, that's not going to happen. I'm not saying they're going to be like, you know, eight and three, but they're going to be in the mix of this, certainly. And let's get back to that third and 16 play you talked about just okay, for a second. Sure. I, it was one of the few plays all day. And again, of course, I can't tell everything on TV where it looked like they actually doubled Devontae Adams. But see, that's where. When you go to the well and you just continue, you got to force. We've talked about this before. You got to force a team to defend something, or we're, what's your bread and butter? Yeah. And that usually forces team to go to a defense they don't want to go to. Oh, I don't want to play this because you know now we're compromised here. But in that situation, third and sixteen, of course they're thinking. You know, Devontae Adams, they bracketed him. He ran basically on the left side there. And if anybody goes back and watch the replay, you'll see like a 16-yard curl route. But there was two guys on either side of him. Rodgers kind of looked at him and then, of course, floats away and makes, you know, a Roger-esque type throw. I mean, that only him, Mahomes, and Roger and him, Mahomes, and Allen make where yeah. it's like fading off the back foot, 27-yard throw in the middle of the field, tight no window. problem. Yeah, yeah, tight window, no problem, Randall Cobb. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Yep, yep, yeah. and the Packers ended up winning the game, even though maybe at times the Bengals look like the better team, but it's like one of those situations where the Packers have been there, done that, they've That's been successful here exactly recently, right. and I think it's kind of the same story with our next game, Steelers beating the Broncos 27-19. Uh, uh, who knows? The Broncos might be better this year than the Steelers, but it's just like that Big Ben was a little bit of Big Ben before, and then... Our victory lap goes to Chase Claypool once again, who I think has been a victory lap for you multiple times on this podcast because uh, you liked him coming out of Notre Dame uh, last year. He showed up big time in this game. Six targets, five catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. And Ben Roethlisberger seemed like he took a step forward this week. What did you think of him? Well, definitely. I mean, let's start there. I mean, first off, he took a step forward. 
you know, because didn't do any dumb things, right? I mean, there wasn't that that moment of um, or you know, dumb interceptions. He does yeah. have the fumble, strip sack fumble early in the game, early in the game, going, where where when it was the same type of thing where it's just like, hey man, you know, again, you you just it, it the play's over, go down. You're not Big Ben of seven years ago. Right, and I can't remember who hit him to strip sack him there. Yeah, I uh, but I remember I was in the room with everybody in NBC, just going, "Oh my gosh, see, this is—he does this every week. If he would just stop doing this, they're going to be a handful." But running the ball the way they did, okay, on that Denver Broncos defense, who's of course been good, but th- that was, I think, the question of the Broncos: was there enough big people in the middle of their defense? But yeah. once you do that, it creates teams. It makes teams have to play a little man-to-man. And they have guys that it's, it should be a simple formula. If they can continue just to run it, be patient, Big Ben, don't mess it up. And when you get one-on-one with two, either one of those freak shows and Deontay Johnson or Claypool, then you got a team, you know, by the kahunas, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. Because there's not many people that are going to be able to run with those two. Chase Claypool, just to sum it up for the, you know, giving them the victory lap. I think I've said this before, but, I mean, he's one of the most impressive physical specimens I've ever seen in my life, not just college football or whatever. I mean, when I saw him on the field at Notre Dame, I was like, this guy is a fucking freak show. He's a first-round pick. And I tried to tell a lot of my friends in the NFL, like, he's a first-round pick. You guys are crazy. I've I've never seen Brandon Marshall, the Vincent Jacksons of the world, you know, the DK Metcalfs of the world. This is who this guy is. You know, but the stats didn't line up, and mm-hmm. there was some stuff there. Like, why didn't he play that much until the last two years? I don't know. But you're seeing now he's a freak show, and uh, if they can play that way, they'll be a handful. Because he's Canadian, right? He Canadians is Canadian. are always underrated. They're always, always underrated. underrated. We don't give them the respect they deserve. Uh, Najee Harris got a lot of respect Woo! coming out of the draft, Woo! and we knew that the Steelers wanted to get him involved yeah. in, in the running game early on in the season, had – by far his best game of his rookie season. You're seeing it here on YouTube. First four games, he was averaging under 50 yards per game, and then he just goes off versus Denver, 23 carries, 122 yards. Did you see specifically what they did to no, get him going no. against this defense? I don't know. I, I would like to – that's something I need. Like, yeah. We're going to do some run breakdowns on the Wednesday podcast as far as, like, I, I don't know what – were they pulling guards – was it just straight-ahead double teams and go to the second right. level? I can't give you an honest answer there. It's just, that's the crappy thing about all the games being on. You know, I can kind of just go I, – I, at some of these things, I just have to chalk it up a little bit and go, man, it just looks like Pittsburgh's dominating the line of scrimmage. And then, man, it just looks like, holy crap, Najee Harris made a lot of great, you know, five- and eight-yard runs throughout the game. And I can't always look at specifics that way, so I'm sorry, and that's where I'll get to that on the Wednesday podcast. But, yeah, impressive that way. You know, of course, we know the defense is special. That yeah. offense in Denver, hey, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's going to be as explosive going forward. They're missing yeah. some key receivers and people. You know, Sutton's a beast. He's he's a superstar receiver, but he's the only guy right now out of the receiving core that you go, oh, we got to really worry about him. And we'll see where yeah. it goes going forward for Denver, but uh, certainly are hurt by Judy being hurt and KJ Hamler getting hurt. That that changes the, the dynamic of their offense and their football team. Yeah, Javante Williams had a good run for them Holy in crap. the first half. But the yeah, late ball. in the game, it just didn't seem like Denver was going to score. They did, yeah, and they, they had a chance back. to win the game. Definitely. Um, at the end, uh, Pitt holding with an interception, James Pierre. 
pick in the end zone. So, I mean, give them credit. When I was watching the highlights of that game, I was like, all right, there's no yeah, way they didn't over, get it. It's right. over. Right. And they actually had a chance to, to come back late in the game. So, yeah. so they made it close, could not get the victory. Uh, my Detroit Lions oh. seem to make it close all the time. Damn. But they did not win. We're going to give the victory lap to Justin Jefferson, another wide receiver that you were high on. Seven catches, 124 yards. Uh, but this is all about the Detroit Lions having heartbreak once again. And at the end of the game, my guy, Dan Campbell, in the postgame press conference, shedding a tear. Well, yeah, I, I got no problem with that. I hope people don't have a problem with that. People so do what? Have, some people do have a yeah, problem they don't with lo- that. Yeah, they don't like the coach crying. Is some, that what they're saying? Uh, you know, there was a lot of love out there. Like, yeah, that shows how much he cares yeah, about right. his team. It means nothing. Like, don't give me like, oh, he can't handle the emotions of the sport. No, he loves the emotions of the sport. He loves his players. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, it doesn't make him less tough. No, it's, it's, you know, it's the exact opposite. He's so fucking tough. He doesn't care about crying in front of the TV. He doesn't give a shit. You know, if you don't think he's tough, go, go up to the Detroit facility and say, hey, Dan Campbell, I want to fight you. And then see how that works out for mm-hmm. you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. You'll be on your ass like, you know, Tyson Fury <laughs> did Deontay Wilder on Saturday night. Yeah, how do you think the players in the uh, locker room? I think they're going to respect it because they see the guy every day. So they're going to know he's passionate and loves them. That's the one thing, even going back to when he took over as the interim coach in Miami, it's all I've ever heard about Dan Campbell. You know, he's, he's good that way. Yeah. You know, just as far as connecting with the players, coaching them hard, but making them feel like, you know, he really does care about them. Listen to the way he talks about them in any press conference. He always gushes about their effort, their toughness, what they're doing, the work they're putting in. That was a heartbreaker. I mean, it was a heartbreaker where they didn't deserve – to probably be in the heartbroken situation with the amazing. fumble with Madison fumbling the late in the game. The defense did. The defense did. You know, yeah. Jared Goff, you know, he's got his good, he's got his bad. Yeah. They they were driving the ball and they did this last week as well. They drove the ball and they just and they couldn't just, cash they can't, in. They can't, can't cash Turnovers, in. That's one of their problems, right? Sacks at bad times. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, but yeah, late in the game the defense stepped up. They got a couple crucial three and outs. They got the fumble late that led to the game-winning touchdown and the two-point conversion. So they were clutch. Yeah. Um, but then just couldn't couldn't pull through and and my wife goes she goes do you think there's a curse on that that team i was like that yeah probably i are. think there is. there's probably there no is. other way to explain it at this <laughs> that, point that same curse that was on the cubs and the she red was like, sox yeah, it was like a billy Detroit. goat she's like what animal's been around the lions i was like i don't know i'll have to check there's <laughs> yeah. something there's something going uh, on there, i know so. but you you put it right amen you know they play tough in every game they're never outclassed in any game. Yeah. They just, hey, last week with Chicago, they got down early. They moved the ball up and down the field, but they you know, had the bad snap, and then he got strip-sack fumbled in two consecutive series where you're going, all right, they're going back and forth with the Bears. It's going to be a good game. Yesterday, you're right, same thing. You know, just unable to you know, cash in on, on you know, some drives to get points and, and some untimely turnovers that have put them in a tough spot. Jared Goff falls to now 0-12 in his oh, career without Sean McVay. He's never going to hear the end of this until um, he gets the win. I do want to give some credit and some love to the Vikings and Alexander Madison. Big game for him, 113 rush yards without yep. Delvin Cook, 40 yards through the air. And we're talking to our friends over at Points Bet Sportsbook, the yeah. official sportsbook of NBC Sports. Boom. And they said they don't adjust the line. When Delvin Cook is out and they uh, put in Alexander Madison, the line doesn't change at all. I don't think they need to. I mean, I don't think Alexander Madison's quite as explosive as Delvin Cook, but it's not like to a point where you go well that changes the game because that would have been a 70 yard touchdown with Dalvin Cook and it's only going to be a 30 yard game with Madison no yeah you know it's more like oh that would have been a 70 yard touchdown with Dalvin Cook and Madison maybe gets pushed out at the two or three like and they're still down there and they're really close so they don't miss much Uh, Kirk Cousins again his ability to make big throws 
You know, that's the that's the one thing I look at with them. It's it's high degree degree of difficulty of throws a lot of times. It's a lot of deep crosses, post go routes to Justin Jefferson. It's not dink and dunk by any stretch of the imagination. And I think, you know, you look at him, you know, Buffalo, of course, with his 15 completions for 300 yards. Big Ben had 15 completions for two something, right? It was, what was it, 250s? Yeah. You know, there was a lot of explosive plays in the pass game yesterday. I think that was one thing that jumped out to me more than anything, maybe. There is a curse for the Lions. Pete found it, the curse of Bobby Lane. Yeah, why is that? The mythology about the curse goes like this. The season after Lane helped the Lions win their third and final championship in the 1950s. Lions coach George Wilson traded the Hall of Fame quarterback to the Steelers on October 6th in 1958. In exchange, the Lions received quarterback Earl Morrill and two high draft picks. Lane was angry, supposedly said the Lions wouldn't win a championship for another 50 years. It's now been 63 years since then. So maybe now it's time for the, the curse to ease, ease off, right? It's like back off curse. It's I like guess. you've done your damage. Yeah, you've done your damage, the Lions, Bobby Lane. You've made the coach cry. You, yeah. <laughs> like, like, stop. <laughs> yes, multiple it's, you're times. You're being too mean yeah. at this point. Uh, congrats to the Vikings. They get the win. Last second field goal, 54 yards. Lions have seen that before. Congrats to the Falcons. Went over to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Got up to a, a big lead over the Jets. Ended up hanging on for the win. We're giving the victory lap to you and Kyle Pitts. You called Kyle Pitts a generational talent. I was like, we're throwing around that term a lot. I was like, watch I'm yourself. Not the only guy that did I was that, like, watch so. yourself. It's just like, and I yeah. go, is he a generational talent? And you double, you doubled down. You not only singled down on it, yeah. you doubled down Damn. on it. Damn, I'm uh, gutsy. He did look like it in the last game. Nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Seems like he and Matt Ryan are starting to hook up here. Definitely. I'm so mad I picked the Jets in this fucking game. Oh, I really boy. am. You know, it just, I, I knew it was like, you know, this is not the game you trust a rookie quarterback to go over in London. Zach Wilson, first off, had his worst performance as an NFL player. I, mean, I don't care. It was only one interception. It didn't matter. It was the, he missed a lot of throws. Even some of the completions. Even I mean, worse than that Patriots game? Uh, yeah. I, I, in a lot of ways, I looked at it. I think there was more there to be had in this game yeah. than that Patriots game where, you know, this was like, man, it, some completions, some people are open. Like, you just – he was he was off. I don't know any other way to say it, but I the, the the Atlanta Falcons, it came down to like three things. Matt Ryan, Cordero Patterson, and Kyle Pitts. That's all it was, all game long. You know, no Calvin Ridley on the trip. No Russell Gage. No Russell Gage. No Julio. They traded him. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> I mean, and you know, n- not a great running game to talk about, but you know, Matt Ryan's still, of course, one of the better quarterbacks in football. We know that. But Man, Cordero Patterson, what a weapon. I mean, yeah, run the ball. Get behind us, and we'll, we'll hand off the ball traditionally. Oh, now we want to get the short passing game. Let's throw some screens to Cordero Patterson. Let's put him out a wide receiver. He'll, he'll bust it up the seam for six, seven, eight yards every time and put us in second and two. And then Kyle Pitts is just – it's. I, I've never seen a guy that big move that way. I just – I can't – I mean, it's like – it is a little bit Calvin Johnson-ish. It's not hmm. that explosive, but it's still freaky. The freakiest thing is like – Hey, just I think it was one of his last catches of the game, which was like the 39-yard post route. I mean, a post route over the top with a tight end? I think the Jets were probably like, oh, they're not going to run a post route with a tight end and just take off the top of our defense and throw a bomb to him. Yeah, they are. He can do that. Uh, I mean, he, he moves like a big receiver. And, of course, he adds in the, in the running game blocking and everything there too. So Falcons, gutsy. You know, hanging in there. They've had two gutsy wins, this Jets and Giants. Uh, yep. Make them respectable. Two and three Atlanta Falcons so far. Arthur Smith, first year there. And he's going with the reverse beard. 
Have you seen that with Arthur Smith? It's like he's ro- shaved oh, down, down by there. his chin. Right. I've, I and then he's got like the big lamb chops, but it's more than that. I think it goes into a mustache. So. Yeah, it does go into the mustache. I don't even know what you call that. but Reverse beard. It's got like I something guess. like a... I think there's a f- true phrase reverse, for it. I'm sure there is. is. Uh, it's a little str- a little out there for I like I didn't think Arthur Smith was that kind of personality to pull off a, a look like that. And, and yeah, you're right. I didn't either. I didn't. But it's, kind of I got to study that. Why, why don't we study that a little bit more? Wednesday's pod. Wednesday's you do pod. That? Are you get coming back on Wednesday's pod? No, I'm not. But well, you and right. Paul. We'll so when just... you come back for a Wednesday pod, we'll get it on the board, and you could you could <laughs> teach draw us, lines on it. Yeah, teach fill us, it in. Like, maybe like, if we feel issues here. Yeah, if it would look better a different way. All right. So the the Falcons beat the Jets. Should have beat them easier, too. Yeah, Jets came back. Some garbage time Yeah, Atlanta kind of messed it up a little bit at the end and let them back in the football game, certainly. Uh, We're going to get into the damn okay here in a second. But first, we want to give some love to Under Armour here. Let's do it. I'm wearing the Steph Currys. Once again, you can see them prominently on these Monday podcasts here. Uh, so, Chris, we have an Under Armour. I haven't got mine yet. So, if anybody's going, well, why isn't Chris wearing them? I haven't got them. So, I don't know what to say. Let's still give some love to Under Armour, though. Of course here, right? I'm going to give them love. All right, so we have we have something to read. We have never rehearsed this before. This is the first time we've ever done this on the pod. I like it. And we're going to do it live. Let's do it. Do you want me to start? Fuck it, you? let's do it live. Do you want me to start it? you want you to use it? No, here? you start it. You wanted to start it. You said you were going to. That's right, I forgot. We are supported by Under Armour. And just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Next level. Yep. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes like I'm wearing right now for that insane grip that even make hoodies that reflect energy. Yes. And we're not just about the end results. Yes. Winning or glory. It's not always about winning or glory, okay? Not always. Got to check the ego at the door every now and then. Usually it is. Usually it is. but No. Uh, Under Armour is about hard work and dedication. That's what it's about. That's what we're about. Uh, The cycle of training, competing, recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is through. Is through. Boom. I thought that went pretty well. That went pretty well. well. I think so. Clip that off. Bam. Send that back next time. And I can confirm on the shoes, the the, uh, the stuff Curry's I'm wearing, yeah. they do have insane grip because yeah. when I walk in the hallways here, you can hear you it. You get squeaky. You get the squeak. You get the squeak. That's but always a good sign. That's how you know it they definitely have grip. is. And I, I uh, man, it's killing me. I mean, I, I want to be about the hard work and dedication and the cycle of trading Gotta right wait now. till you get the shoes. But and, well, and my fucking hip is killing oh, me. If yeah, anybody's wondering why I'm wiggling around and standing up occasionally... My hip's still not 100%. Physically, so. it's, a tough, it's a tough couple weeks for you here. It's, I've right? had better. Okay. All I've right. had better. Uh, Under Armour's going to help get us through. The right. only way is through. The only way so is through. So let's go through it. Let's right. push through it. Let's push. And we push through now to Damn Okay presented by Under Armour. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambling. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. Pete always knows I'm ready to jump the gun right there. He goes, hold on, wait. There's two more damn okays. Uh, so we just gave <laughs> love to the wide receivers in our victory laps. Yeah. Let's give some love to defensive backs in our damn okay. And we'll start with the Cowboys beating the Giants 44-20. You can give a lot of love to the offensive guys, which I'm sure we'll do here in a second. But Trayvon Diggs did it again. Six interceptions this season. Tied for the most interceptions through the first five games of a season since 1970. He did it again. Right. It's, I mean, just trying to think here. It's the best ball skills in football at the DB position. Well, this was the first one that was on like on a deep pass, right? right? That so was the post route, right? It was versatility, yeah, yeah. right. Um, but yeah, you you think you, this is not because sometimes, yeah, yeah, this is not luck interceptions. It can just be random. These aren't like the ball popping in the air and I just happen to be there, right? He's finding I, the ball. I've been on teams like that 
I've been on teams like that. Like, hey, one year, you know, just for like a, a short story here, I was playing with the Tennessee Titans uh, 2008 season. We had a corner, Alteron Werner. He was really good. Yes. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. His second year in the NFL, now I have left and gone to Denver, he had a bunch of interceptions, or maybe it was third year, you know, but it, but like, you know, then he got to go to Tampa and sign a big contract. It was just because of the interceptions. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Alteron Werner. I'm just saying, like, he was a little bit – he wasn't like an island lockdown corner is what I'm saying. Sure. He just happened to be right guy in right place, good hands, whatever. This is not the case. Dallas yeah. plays a lot of man-to-man coverage. And Diggs has just got an unbelievable feel for what the quarterback is doing drop-back-wise. And then – you know, his field down the field just to play the ball, unlike most DBs, right, Ahmed? We watch, you'd watch DBs weekly who, you know, hey, I'm running with the, D, running with the wide receiver, and yeah. they just try to play the wide receiver when they catch the ball, right? Let me just try to time it out when he puts his hands up, and I'll try to rake the ball away. He doesn't do that. He plays it like a receiver when he's down the field, and I think that's what's really impressive about him. And, of course, you know, Dallas in general. Yep. Hey, the defense makes plays. The offense puts tremendous pressure on you because they're awesome. They're awesome. I mean, Dak Prescott, the running game, whatever you want to say, uh, good win for the Dallas Cowboys. So to wrap it up on Diggs here, there is some split opinion out there yeah. on him, and I think we have tweets that indicate well, he's gonna get that. What? He's going to get burned every now and then. So we've got Mikey Groggins that's tweeting out Trayvon Diggs gets torched every week but gets an interception too, so people think yeah. he's elite. And then you got Michael right. Irvin on the other hand saying, boy, Trayvon Diggs looking just like Deion Sanders. Hashtag <laughs> facts. Yeah, negative, ga- negative Michael Irvin ghostwriter. So he's Sorry. a little too, he's a little too well, pro, I, Diggs. I, no. I mean, no, no, nobody would even throw the ball at Deion Sanders. Come on. Deion well, Sanders. maybe they won't pretty soon here for Diggs. Uh, that's not going to be the case because yeah. our second response is right there he gets burnt every week too he lets up a number of big plays I don't think they really care they want to play aggressive and frenzy on the defensive side of the ball they play a lot of different looks that's what Dan Quinn does right now which is really impressive that he's changed himself that way and you know I think they're content with like not dying slow deaths and playing a little aggressive that way and him making a few plays every you know every now and then but yeah he's going to give up a few plays he does not have like four three top end speed and when you're playing on an island against some of these receivers out there, it's going to be an issue. Uh, so, you know, really good player. But, yeah, let's not call him Deion Sanders or Darrell Revis yet. Well, Michael Irvin already did. Yeah. He, well. he, he did it. It's out there. Uh, Jake Cood 13 says, Chris and the big boy Fareed, self-scout thyself. The Dallas Cowboys are not only the best team in the NFC East, but they are a top three team in the NFC. And he goes, P.S., we need a Paul Burmeister, Chris Sims, and Ahmed Freed joint pod oh. one time. Get all three of us yeah. here. You know, you know, Paul and I have talked. Yeah. I was like, we should just do a pod, me and Paul. Give you a day off. Right. We take over the pod. Nah. You get out of here. Nah. Why not? Because I want to be there. You'd want to be here for I want to be here. But I would be cool. I'd like to sit in the what middle if of you What uh, we told Danielle it's like your anniversary or something like that and go enjoy the day? You'd still want to come eh, I want to be here. Yeah. Anniversary. You'd bring her here. She'd <laughs> yeah. be in the background. Sorry, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. Uh, top three team? What do you think? Well, top three team in the NFL, I don't NFC. know if I'm going to go NFC. there. NFC. And the NFC, they're, they're in the conversation there. Well, they yeah. are. You'd put Arizona ahead of them. You'd put – would you put Arizona ahead of them? <sighs> I just threw that out there, but I don't no, know. It's, I, yeah, I don't so, know if I would. So you'd put Tampa ahead of them. It would be really cool. You put, put the Rams Tampa, ahead of them. I would probably put the Rams. I'd probably put Green Bay ahead of them too. Oh. I think Green Bay's a tough matchup for them. Okay, just because Green Bay's defense is good, and I do think Rodgers and company are going to move the ball on Dallas too. Okay, but no, I, I think they're right there in that conversation. They're four for you. Yeah, maybe four. unofficially right now they're four. 
you know, like I think they probably match up. Mm-mm, I'm trying to think. I think they probably would match up well with Arizona. I, I would have a hard time thinking Arizona is going to stop them either. Yeah. So that's where I kind of go back and forth. You know, Tampa, as we saw, I mean, yeah, they can stay there toe-to-toe with them. They're going to have to throw the ball to beat them. Um, but, no, that, I, I think it's a fair question. I certainly didn't expect the defense to be what it is. I just didn't expect Dak Prescott and the offense just to hit the ground running the way yeah. they have. And they went two for five in the red zone, too. So I, it could have been even worse. Definitely. Against uh, the Giants. Yeah, I mean, the Giants, hey, uh, I, I, the Giants made some plays. Of course, he had the bad injury with Saquon Barkley yeah. turning his ankle. Daniel Jones putting his head down when the game was still, you know, in a competitive part of the – uh, you know, the, the game where the Giants were hanging in there. That kind of ended all things yeah. there. Kadarius Tony is a freak show. It was good. He didn't finish the game either, no, though, because well, he threw a punch. No, because he went psycho. Yeah, 189 but, yards, though. We saw it on tape. You liked him. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he's he's what, what we saw out of Florida. A little raw, but when you get the ball in his hands, watch shifty, out. Shifty, shifty. Yeah, he's shifty, and he can really, you know, accelerate once he gets the ball. But, um, yeah, Dallas, I just think we go back to what we've been talking about. I did not think they would run the ball to that capacity on that Giants defensive front. Giants defensive front a little underwhelming that way but man Dallas I mean Ezekiel Elliott another thing I mean self-scout thyself yeah I did not expect him to look the way he does either so Prescott's been better offense is creative they're patient when they need to be in the run game they can do it all and to our who was uh, who asked that last question about self-scout thyself there uh Jake Kud 13 yeah Jake Kud 13 yeah dude you're you're right I mean they're they're in that conversation for one of the three best teams in the NFC certainly in the conversation the Saints have been in that conversation for many years in a row they get a victory over the washington football team 33 to 22 we're going to give the uh, damn okay to marshawn Lattimore. yeah he's back he uh, missed a little bit of time earlier this year uh Lattimore held terry mclaurin to two catches for 31 yards on eight targets when they were matched up so that was key in in a game that could have gone either way there were some mistakes for taylor heineke uh but some big plays as well but new orleans Chris, when you're watching this game, they did just enough to win this game. I mean, the game was – it was going to be a tight one if it isn't for the Hail Mary probably at the end of the first half. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was was the changing moment of the football game. You know, really at at, at a lot of points you were sitting there going, man, okay, wait, you know, Washington's kind of controlling the football game here a little bit. It's scary. You know, uh, the the Saints go down and have a good drive. Jameis Winston made some big throws during the day. You know, certainly when he did make connections, they were – they were – you know, for chunks of yards. Yeah. Um, but they have the big drive to go 13-13. But then to get the ball at midfield and throw the Hail Mary, you know, I feel like the game was really never the same after that. It kind of put them in a power position. And Marshawn Lattimore, just back to him, Yeah. when he's like, see, this was personal to him. It was Terry McCorn, his old high school college teammate. He wasn't going to let him go. It's just like when he played Julio Jones with Atlanta. That's when he plays his best. Marshawn Lattimore, his problem is he just has games where he gets bored at times. I don't know any other way to say it. But when you see the Marshawn Lattimore you saw yesterday, you go, no, that's a top five corner in football. He has it all. So, yeah, I'll be excited just to watch that and see what he did to uh, Terry McCorn, who who I really value as, as one of the better receivers in football. Yeah, that Hail Mary to Callaway, 49 yards, had a – completion expected completion percentage of 9.9 that was the probability the most improbable completion in the nfl this season according to next gen stats yep as we do live in the next gen stats era that's what we right do. now and ron yeah. rivera was asked about that play afterwards like what happened he goes he caught it that's what he, goes, <laughs> he caught it yeah 
Uh, um, but but I will say right. I will say that here's another instance because Heineke did bring them back. They were down by five, seven minutes left in the game. Washington was still in it. The Saints had the ball, and the, it's a trend, and we're seeing it now with Sean Payton. Yeah. He sees all the young kids, the Staley's going for fourth down. They went for fourth and one, the Saints did, at their own 35. Right. With a five-point lead. Right. And they got it. Six minutes left in the game. Like, that is a situation. I think of all the fourth downs, maybe, yeah. that one might be one of the more surprising ones. That is. You got the ball in your own end. Yeah. Fourth and one. They you got go a good defense, but obviously yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't feeling it at that moment. Right. And, and so that led to... Yeah. Well, so that was um, drive ended with a touchdown pass to Camaro, who was big in this game. For that them. was that drive. Okay, yep. so that's a, I, you know I don't know if I saw that play happen live. Uh, yeah, Camaro was phenomenal. I mean, that's the one thing I saw throughout the game. Um, yeah, but I guess this is going to continue to be a trend. Yeah, you know, you're up by five. Okay, you want to control the game, put it away. I guess they figure, listen, if we get stopped, okay, we might be down or the field goal will still up by two. But I guess, you know, teams would rather I, – I, I, don't, I don't know the logic you, you, in that. I don't know what the logic you is think we're going. Really you think don't. we're starting to go too far. I don't, I don't, it's hard to argue it with the way it's working out for teams right now, but yeah. I think we're going to get into some big football games where it's going to come back to burn teams. I yeah, do. I'm sure. Uh, but it's got to well, be like a the good 49ers. feeling. I mean, the 49ers missed – Four of their five, yeah. fourth downs. Yeah, did, it's going to have to be a them. gut feeling, your matchup, where how your defense is doing. And I, I guess at that point right there, you know, I, I'm guessing Sean Payton just didn't feel like his defense was yeah. going to make another stop. He was right. worried about Heineke pulling off some late-game magic. Now, now, Pete, make sure that actually did happen here. If Chris didn't see it, and and, and oh, that's all right. Also, I, think right. That did I can't happen. see every play in football. I think that, so. did, I think that did happen, but... Um, of course, I was catching. Well, up no, I'm, I'm going to look too. right now because right, I, right. I got it right here. So, okay, all right, we're just confer- we're just so just, let's that's see. why we got the Pete. Yeah, so that's here why we, we got go. the extension cord. It was they had first and ten on the twenty-five. They went Kamara left tackle for three yards. Jameis Winston to the middle of Kenny Stills for six yards. Mm-hmm. Then Jameis Winston for a quarterback sneak off the right guard. He didn't get anything. And then they went Jameis Winston off the left guard. And I guess it was a quarterback sneak again. To where he got that, right? He got the two yards, got a first down. Yeah. And our own 34-yard line, yep. as you explained. That was it. Right? And then he hit a deep pass uh, for 32 yards to Troutman after that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of flipped the field position. And then there was Kamara left tackle to the Washington 21 for 11 yards. Yep. And then it was Will Clapp eligible, Kamara to the right guard for two yards, and then we had the pass to Camara for the touchdown for the 19-yard touchdown pass, right? Okay. So yeah. yeah, it all. It so was there you be, go. They did not did. punt. They yep. wanted to control their own destiny. They did that, as many teams are doing. Uh, the Saints did it Saints as well. Saints offense seems like it's going in the right direction. We'll see. Figure I mean, Jameis Winston's getting better and better. I mean, I think you're seeing a little bit more confidence from Sean Payton as far as calling the game uh, for him, not like managing him quite to the same extent. Right. You know, a lot of new pieces on that offense, of course, and it's a quarterback who's still. You know, working to adjust to play the Saints way and Sean Payton way, and I don't have to be the guy I was in the Bucks and do all the crazy stuff anymore. Uh, so there's an adjustment. I'm certainly not giving up on the Saints. They got they're too good up front on both sides of the ball for me to sit here and go, well, they're going to fall apart here at some point. No, I, I think the Saints will only continue to get better as the year goes. Saints are happy that we have an extra game this year. They need a little extra time, little extra time. to figure it out, and maybe they are figuring it out. Get the win. Good against thing they're Saints because they got that hail mary. One more here in the dam. Okay, we're going to give it to Darius Slay of the Eagles. He had 
Two interceptions, just one first down allowed on six targets in this game. They beat the Panthers 21-18 in a game, which I just saw the highlights of, extended highlights here. It was a game that... I feel so bad for the Carolina defense. I mean, if there's they any unit, if there's any unit that deserved a win, right. I feel like it was the Carolina defense. Yeah. And that offense and Sam Darnold with the picks, they, they just let them down no, in this they, game. Uh, Eagles uh, won, but I feel like the Carolina offense lost. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um Sam Darnold, the first interception, I mean, that was bad. It was a bad decision down the right sideline. It looked like it was two man and Darius Slate intercepted the ball there. Where yeah they're controlling the you know they're controlling the game at that at that point, um, you know as we went on I can't remember the other Darius uh, Slay interception I remember seeing it live I just can't remember the specifics of exactly how that went down but hey Sam Darnold you know even through their game their 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 winning streak and their first three games there's a number of plays in every game where you just go damn he should hit that. Damn, like, what's he looking at? That guy's open. Is he not looking down the field? Is he looking at the pass rush? So he hasn't settled in yet either. And obviously, we see that the last two weeks. He's had a few turnovers and not seeing the field all that well. But, you know, I think between his turnovers and then you get the punt blocked at the end of the football game, right, when they were up at what point were they up there? That was still, was it a 15? Let me just see if I could figure this out. Um well, that was, they were up it was 18-13 at that point. I think they were up 18-13 and had the punt blocked, right? Yeah. So I just – they did. They pissed this one away, the Carolina Panthers. They certainly looked like the better team on the field, but when you lose the turnover battle and make mistakes like that, you know, the Eagles did a good job just kind of hanging in there and being tough. And that Eagles defense, after the first few drives, really – like settled in. Yeah, not unfollowed says love listening to your show every week. Eagles D for a damn okay for keeping their team in the game yeah. like they did. So yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna bash the Carolina offense, you gotta give some love to that to that defense. The again. Eagles defense, I mean those you know, first off it just starts with the two guys in the middle. Hargrave and Fletcher Cox are just they fuck up so many plays. I yeah. mean they are one of those that's one of those tandems where you just go, yeah, F up the play stat. Javon Hargrave would be one of the league leaders in football as far as that's concerned. But yeah, Eagles show toughness, certainly. And, yeah, got a little fortunate. Hey, even think about the bad snap uh, over Jalen Hurts' head. I mean, yes. the fact that that ended up being a safety and not a touchdown, yep. that saved them four points. That was yep. a big moment in the football game, definitely. Uh, helped them. And then, so now you're you're down 15-3, if I remember this correctly. 15-6 at the half. 15, uh, but 15-3, yeah. Carolina got the ball after the safety, right, yeah. did nothing with it. And then, yeah, to your, that's where I wanted to go. The Eagles make a huge field goal right at the end of the half, and you go, well, we're only down nine. That's true. We got our ass whooped, and it's only 15-9. And that's, you know, as we've talked about a lot in this podcast, when you let teams hang around in the NFL, it just it always seems to, to flip at some point. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So congratulations to the Eagles figuring out a way to win a game against the Panthers 21-18, the final score. Now it is time for Give Me the Headlines, presented by Hyundai. This is the part of the show where 
We talk about this segment before the show. Chris forgets the headlines we came up with. Pete I wrote gets them down. in his ear and reminds him. him. Uh, but apparently Chris has written them down this time. So yeah. we start with the Bears defeating the Raiders 20-9. to Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Yes, he was back. Khalil Mack comes back. The Mac back. attack. Terrorizes his former team. Eight tackles, one sack, four quarterback pressures. Uh, Neil Moe, 2010. Um, oh, it was not about Khalil Mack here. But, but yeah, Khalil well, Mack was the star of the show. The, the star of the, side show. of the ball. Right. It was personal. And this is a game that, hey, with the, the state of the Raiders offensive line right now, you go, I hope Khalil Mack and the defensive line whoops some ass and take this game over. And they did. I mean, they made it hard on the Raiders' offense all game long. They did. But, again, I think the story of the show, yeah, Khalil Mack, the defense, we know. Yep. We know it's good. But, like, they're playing complimentary football. The Bears have an identity on offense. Yeah, they're gonna, it's going to be ugly, but it's an identity. Yep. They're going to run the ball. They're going to stay patient. Justin Fields is going to make a few throws and be semi-conservative here and there. He'll wait for his chance, and then we'll play through the defense and let them win the football game. And that's, that's to me, the best chance they have. This, this Bears offensive line, as you can see, I said this last week, they can move people in the run game. They can. They have the pieces to do that. I know Jermaine Effetti got hurt yesterday. I don't know how serious that was. That would stink because uh, somebody fell on his knee. But uh, I, I just, I'm impressed with what I've seen from Justin Fields. I'll give Matt Nagy a lot of credit. You know, Bill Lazor's been calling the plays. He's been doing a really good job. And when the Bears play this way, they're going to be a pain in the butt no matter who they play in the NFL. No matter what. It doesn't matter. That's what my friend Neil Moe 2010 was saying. He said, what up, guys? Love the pod as always. Can we get a victory lap for Sims? Said the Bears O-line is actually good. They came through with 143 total yards rushing. That's what you just said. Yeah. For the Raiders, a, a strange game for them. Yeah. Uh, no big plays for None. them. I mean, like a lot of credit goes to Mac and yeah. what the Bears did on defense. Right. But you figure they hit some big plays here. Yeah. Well, the the – the Bears don't put their defense in too many spots for you to get big plays. Okay. They don't. They make you work for it. So they're not going to give you, like, the big shots over the top a whole lot. They're not going to play, like, lockdown man-to-man and go, hey, you know, they will from time to time. But that's just not what they do. You know, they, they have faith in their front to slow down the run and take away the underneath stuff. And for the most part, they're going to have safeties back looking for, you know, the rugs of the world and the Darren Wallers of the world. They're very well coached. You know, it's a scheme, of course, that Czech Pagano left behind. Um, but, yeah, they got the talent. They got the talent on that side of the ball to compete with anybody. And then, you know, again, like we're seeing, you play complimentary football and it plays into their style of, wait, now we're we run the ball a little bit. We're keeping the defense off the field. They're fresh when they get back in. It's changed their football team. Yeah. It has. You know, as compared to maybe early in the year where, listen, the defense wasn't any worse they were just even put in a lot of tough positions because it was like three plays and you're in. Three plays and you're in. We talk about this a lot. And it's just you're going to break at some point if you've got to play that way. Well, a team that did break on the defensive side was the Miami Dolphins taking on Tom Brady who threw holy, for five touchdowns, holy. 411 yards, 144.4 passer rating for the 44-year-old. Jeez, 44, 144.4? I don't think so. What's your headline for Buccaneers defeating the Dolphins? Guess who's back? Back again. Brady's back. Tell a friend Guess he's not playing back. New England. It's <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. Right. I mean that that was amazing. What? We're seeing the graphic right here. Four hundred and eleven yards, five touchdowns, first career game, and he's played a long time. 
first career game for Tom Brady with over 400 yards passing and five or more touchdowns. I mean, that as much as that's the story of like how great Tom Brady was and the big plays and Antonio Brown, who got some huge plays and yeah. shows the speed and seems like he's back. Right. And Evans was in there and Fournette got in on the action. Right. It was like everything was working for Tampa. Yeah. For me, I'm like, man, the Dolphins were in the conversation of a playoff team because their defense was going to win them games. Yeah. And that just got torched well, in this it, game. You know, well, it goes back a little bit. Okay. Let's just, let's, let's visit that topic just for a second. Cause okay. I think your point's real, but, it's just a little bit like we talked about with the Bears. You know, I don't look at the Dolphins' defense and go, they're bad. I just go, I mean, how many how many games are we just going to rely on them to just keep us in it? Sure. Oh, offense, at some point you'll do something. You know, so I think they're just worn out. It's, it's a point of like, there's only, you know, they played good defense against the Colts last week. You know, they had moments against the Raiders early on where they were dominant. The Raiders couldn't do anything. But the offense just is so bad that, again, how long can they hang in there? You know, the same thing with the Bills game the week before. They, if you go back and watch, they made things hard on Josh Allen and company. But it was just their offense was shitty. Turning the ball over gave them short fields. So I do think – I don't think it's as bad as their stats are going to show. Okay, that's the first thing I want to say. Okay. But – I am surprised how much man-to-man they played in the freaking football game. And that's where, like, Tampa's, like, unstoppable. And Brady's unstoppable that way. First off, Brady, as you've heard me say, is throwing the ball as good as any point he has in his whole career. And then you mentioned Leonard Fournette. See, where they, they can overpower just about any defensive line in football to a degree to where they can, like, oh, you want to stand in there and slug it out with us? Like, Miami's on a fast front. They're a big front. And when you're a big front uh, – Tampa seems to move you. That doesn't matter. They've actually had more problems with the Rams and the speed fronts. But then my point is, you know, they keep you just honest enough in the run game and have so many things they do that they make you play man-to-man. And you can't stop them. I mean, they can't be stopped when you play man-to-man. You know, this is when I was watching the game yesterday, and we did a breakdown of this in Football Night in America, and I'm going to take credit for it because I just I kept going – I mean, look, it's man-to-man. It's man-to-man. It's man-to-man. It's man-to-man. You can't match up with them across the board and play man-to-man. I don't care how good your secondary is. It's impossible. It's impossible. Oh, okay, we stopped Evans. Okay, great. Did we stop Godwin? Did we stop Antonio Brown? I mean, it's just there's too many things to worry about. They have three, like, big-time elite wide receivers, let alone, like, a system that makes sense and goes with it. And then Brady's just – he's when he's got time in the pocket, is as good a thrower as anybody in football. Tom Brady's new team gets the victory. Tom Brady's old team got a victory, a lot more hard fought. Holy had crap. A comeback to beat the Houston Texans 25 22. Your headline for that game? Not so special teams. Okay. I yeah. mean, and that's specifically to the Houston Texans. All both. I mean, there were three extra oh, points yeah, that missed too. to begin the game. You're exactly so right. Kind of started a trend in the. The whole day was missed NFL. extra points. There was. We were sitting there watching and, it going yeah. there. I think, like, at one o'clock at one point, there was like. At one point, I think it was like, I mean, it was it was like five out of the six touchdowns scored in all the games. Five out of the six missed the extra yeah, points. It yeah. was it was it was really crazy. It was definitely a theme of the day. Um, Strugglesville for New England. I mean, uh-huh. I give them a lot of credit for hanging in there. I really do. You know, some turnovers. You know, their defense didn't play well early on in the football game. Um, Fleet and Flicker touchdown made it twenty-two Fleet, to nine. Houston kind of was like doing New England stuff to New England, yep. like, "Hey, we'll break, we'll break out the trick plays." Mm-hmm. And Davis then, Mills played well. Yes, and then the biggest trick play of them all—you punt it into the back of your own dude's head—is what Houston did. 
uh, where they punted it into their own lineman. So what were they doing on that play? They were going to fake like they were going for it, yeah. and then the guy kind of backed up and wasn't as far back as a punter normally is. Yeah, let's break this down And here, just ended up kicking it into the back of the head of his yeah, own dude. Yeah, um, we, we got to break this down. It really was second. the turning point in the game. You know, I don't under – their, their thought's not bad, okay? That's where – the thought's not bad, but you're up 22-9. to nine, mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're try, it's fourth and two. They're trying to get a cheap first down, right? Let's try, try to jump – make New England jump off sides. We'll get a free five yards. We'll, you know, get the ball and, and you know, try to close this thing out. But, yeah, within that, okay, now they kind of bring this, the, 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 uh, the punter up, like you said. Yeah. He kind of got in a position where he was like in a deep shotgun snap like a quarterback would be. Right. Then they didn't, you know, okay, they didn't jump off sides. He took a few steps back but didn't get as deep as a normally a punter no, is. No, he did not. And then punted the ball, like, low, and it went off somebody's helmet. And it's like the game was never the same after that. It was never the same. I mean, they, the, the Patriots did nothing with the ball on that drive. They kick a field goal. Defense does a good job. You know, Patriots get the ball back after five or six plays. They go yep. down on another ugly seven-play, 47-yard drive. We had to work harder than any team in football to get 47 yards. Totally, yeah. Right? They kick a field goal there. Houston, Houston does nothing with the ball once again. And then it's a seven-play, 54-yard drive with just some runs and some short passes, and all of a sudden you got a 22-22 football game. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's a, a little bit of a class in how to blow a game if you're the Houston Texans. And it was grinding for New England at the end of the game, and they got the ball with the game tied at 22 with 7.15 to play. They ran seven minutes off the clock, a 15-play, 84-yard drive to set up the game-winning field goal with 15 seconds left. And they were able to do a lot of that, the running, without four of their five starters on the offensive line. That's amazing. Uh, We got a question here from Abraham Akue. says, damn, okay, and self-scout thyself. So a combo. We got a combo right here. Um, Both uh, for Davis Mills. A certain someone said he's probably a backup, is not as talented as Mac Jones. From what I saw, he's just as skilled as Mac, if not more. Take on Abraham here in his thoughts. Yeah, no, I don't think that at all. I don't. I mean, you know, again, Davis Mills had a really good day yesterday. They had a good game plan. He certainly made plays. Um, you know, again, I no, I don't see the amount of high-level throws from Davis Mills throughout the year. Yeah, yesterday, he, he really – outplayed Mac Jones. I'm not going to like deny that. I'm not. Um, but I don't think he's on the same level. No, I don't. You know, Mac Jones, too, you know, in a lot of ways, you could sit here and go, uh, Davis Mills has have more weapons than Mac Jones. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, Mac Jones doesn't have Brandon Cooks on his team. I don't even know if he's got anybody that runs as fast as Chris Conley on his team. So there's that aspect, too. Houston's offense is good. Davis Mills does some good things. But, you know, too, to, like, to that point, I just want to go, Mac Jones hasn't done some of the crappy shit that Davis Mills has done the last game. Like, you want to go back to Buffalo? You want to go back to the Carolina Panther game? Where I know, like, the Carolina Panther game on Thursday night, it looks okay. But it was crap for, like, three quarters. And Carolina just let them hang in the game. And then, yeah, he got some fourth-quarter stats and everything there. So I'm not ready to say that by any stretch of the imagination. I will say yesterday, though, Mac Jones, it looked like it was his poorest performance so far. You know, he started out on fire. And I think he was like at one point. I want to say he was like, what was he? Uh, he had another streak going. Of it was like twelve for twelve or thirteen for thirteen. So, You're going yeah, holy like cow! That. But he got away with Houston. That's another thing. The special teams 
and blew some opportunities to get some interceptions. He should have thrown four interceptions yesterday. Houston had chances to put this game away hmm. and just didn't catch the ball when the ball was in their breadbasket. Give some love to Matt Judon as well for the Patriots on the defensive side. Two sacks, fumble recovery. He's got six and a half sacks this season. Already more sacks than he did with Baltimore uh, last year in 2020. And he's uh, played at Grand Valley State in my neck of the woods, west side of Michigan. And he's built by Taco Bell, made Boom. by Taco Bell. So that's good for both. <laughs> uh, one more game to talk about. Yeah. Titans defeat the Jaguars 37-19. Your headline is? Grinding. Grinding. In reference to? In reference to Derrick Henry running the ball and grinding it between... Uh, the tackles. <laughs> Nothing to do with the coach standing on the oh, other side. Oh, that's line. what you're talking about. Man, your head's in the gutter. Uh, yeah, we're doing, what'd you call this? A double, a double entendre. entendre. Yes, yeah. thank you. Two Don't use such big words. Double entendre. I like that. But yeah, I mean, I thought it fit appropriately with Derek <laughs> Hendry grinding yeah. on the Urban Meyer grinding week. You know, Urban Meyer had. is start, like, he's starting for me, at least, yeah. maybe not for anyone else. Right. For me, starting to become a sympathetic character. Oh, like, my I'm like, gosh. like, I saw him after that uh, Trevor Lawrence first touchdown, and like, he was pumping his fist. I was like, man, because, like, what an embarrassing week. Like, for anybody, yes, right? Yes, Like, I, I get it. There's a lot of reasons not to like Urban Meyer. He's had a lot of success. Of course, he beat my Michigan Wolverines a lot when he was the Ohio State coach. But I was just looking. I was like, man, he's tar- Maybe just for me only. Pete is groaning in my ear, but he's yeah, a Yeah, well, he should character. be groaning. Yeah, I don't think you should give him too much sympathy okay, right, right now. And I think, honestly, there were some th- – if you're a Jaguars fan, there were some things in this game. You saw Trevor Lawrence. And you Again. Saw, like, there were, there were some moments where you're like, wow, that was pretty good. The but game was 14-13. Right, yeah. I uh, I believe it's it's fourteen thirteen, Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean you know, to your point, I mean Trevor looked really good early. You know they were running the ball well, and now it's fourteen thirteen. Tennessee goes down to make it twenty one thirteen. Jacksonville answers right back, and they miss a field goal, and the game was never the same after that. It was so that stayed at twenty one thirteen. Now now. They missed that field goal. Tennessee takes advantage of that drive and goes and kicks their own field goal. And now you go in at halftime. Instead of it being 21-16 or at least 24-16, it's 24-13. You're down two scores. And I believe, and I just want to make sure I'm right here. Yeah, and then, then, you know, the start of the second half was an efficient, you know, Derrick Henry, boom, 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 Mm -hmm. and a few throws by Ryan Tannehill. And now you're going, wait, we were toe-to-toe with this team. We messed up a few little situations here, and now we're down 31-13. And, again, that, you know, that's young football teams and, you know, being able to execute for four quarters. Like when we talk about teams, they're like, they put pressure on you because they never mess up. They always execute. Yeah. You know, yeah, Jacksonville has a few moments in every game where, you know, the defense might fall off for a little bit or the offense and Trevor Lawrence fall off. But there's still a lot of positives, and I certainly like the way Trevor Lawrence looks, no doubt about that. Uh, Derrick Henry, 130 yards, three touchdowns again for him. Seems like a weekly occurrence at this point. But I will say something that I said last time. Yeah. I like Ryan Tannehill does not seem as no, mobile as he's good, looked right. in the past. Yeah. And he was sacked three more times in this game. He's right. the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. At least he was coming in. I imagine he still is. And these three sacks came against the Jaguars, who were least effective as a pass-rushing team coming into the game. So I don't know. I have some concerns with Ryan yeah, Tannehill. They're not, they're not hitting on all cylinders there. They're not. You know, it's not an offense that 
you look at and go, oh, wow, they got a lot of bells and whistles, and wow, yeah. they do so much creative things. They want to be able to run the ball and then get one-on-ones with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones or get you worried about the run, and then they take shots down the field. You know, I still think they're trying to find their way there on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Todd Downing, you know, he hasn't been an OC in a few years. Their offensive line is not as good as years past either. You know, and and again, I know Derrick Henry's running for a lot of yards, but he's also running the ball more than he ever has in his career too. And that's saying something. I mean, I, I got to think that, right? Yeah. He's got to have more carries through five weeks than he ever has. Probably. Right? Yeah. I mean, every week's 30 carries right now. We don't really see that in the NFL anymore. Yeah. You got to go back to the 90s with Emmett Smith and some of those guys to see 28, 29, 33. I mean, it's every week. Uh, but he's just a phenomenal football player. And they find ways to win. But I don't know. You know, Tennessee just, they're, yeah, they're three and two. I know Julio and, and A.J. Brown have been banged up, but there's just something about them that is just, I, you know, they're not they're not in the, any special class for me in the NFL right now. They're, yeah. they're a team i got to kind of continue to evaluate as we go forward here. All right. Evaluation will continue, and we'll be here to do that. That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. And I think we've run out of time. No um, Spencer Rattler. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau power rankings Why? today for the you topic power it? rankings. We're running well, low. Well, yeah, we're, we're I think we're at our our limit. So we're at our limit here. You're gonna tease the people. Um, a little we'll bit tease the people. We'll do it next time. We can we Is continue to fault? gather. Do you get data. bitter at me that I talk too much. It's my go too one long? segment of the show that I could do, but no, we'll save it. And for the next fact time. that I show up a little late every Monday morning. Well, because you, you're working till like one in the morning. I on wish the it was one. Final show. I wish it was two two in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. can't go to sleep at night on Sunday nights after that. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Well, now you're hip, and oh. now that's a add that to it, and this is all. I this just is can't hip. turn off the lights right away. Like it's like I lay Correct. in bed and I'm tired, and it's just but I'm still like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes, Allen. I just can't shut off the thoughts, and then yep. all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, damn, it's three thirty. I'm not asleep yet. Shit. Do you think you fell asleep by four? Do you think you I were... did? Yeah, I, I would say I probably started the doze in the early threes somewhere. And then up by what nine nine thirty? I got up at nine. Like yeah, I got up at nine. I take my time a little yep. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. It's tough. Hey, I love you, man. It's the grind. It's the grind. Love you too, Chris. Yeah, it's yeah. the grind of the NFL season, no doubt. But we like it. We like it. We do. We're grinding. And if and if and if we are grinding, <laughs> and if Paul and I do a podcast together, Chris will show up. You better. That's the kind of guy he is. Yes, he'll be in the I'll background watching, if nothing else. All right, everybody. That's that's the show. That's the show. That's the show. All right. That was the Monday podcast. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Presented by Under Armour. As always, we appreciate their sponsorship. Ahmed, you the man. Like, seriously, you are the man. Thank like, you. Chris. No joke. I mean, you work hard. You're always ready to go. Ready to go. You watch everything. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with you. Wearing my Steph Curry's. Yeah. Supporting the brand. Yeah. You're really doing a good job. Right. You'll okay. get yours one day. We won't fire you yet. All right. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Check in the Wednesday podcast, What the Fuck Happened podcast. We'll break down some plays. And, again, I always send in plays. Anything you see that you think needs to be broken down, you want to hear us discuss, I would love that. But we'll try to hit on, you know, a lot of games on Wednesday and get a little bit more into the details, into the weeds, as I like to say, mm-hmm. about what really happened in some of these matchups. Everybody be good out there. Have a good Monday, Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday. Peace out. Clap, Clap it, it up. up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. 
What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.